Now this time, I welcome you to join me in the New Testament epistle of Ephesians. And I'm going to, uh, this, uh, this morning, or well, this afternoon now, uh, to follow with me, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, I will begin at the 11th verse, and I will conclude at the 22nd. And Ephesians was a letter that we attribute to the Apostle Paul. Uh, we believe that he was writing it to uh, the church in Ephesus. Uh, Ephesus is in, I believe, in present-day Turkey. Uh, Turkey today is a uh, majority Muslim country, uh, but before the Crusades, it was a fledgling uh, Christian uh, community. Uh, was then called Asia Minor. Uh, but this is a letter to uh, the church in Ephesus, and we now refer to it as the book of Ephesians. Uh, this is what the word of God reads on today. Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of the law with his commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace. And in this one body, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and he preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by the Spirit. Now this is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. And for this afternoon's sermonic title, I would like to use healers 
draw in the crowds. As context, Paul is uh, writing this letter uh, regarding this division that existed in the faith community. At the very beginning of uh, this faith and our belief, there were divisions between the Jews and what at the time were known as the Jewish Christians. Uh, Jesus did not see himself as a Christian. We get Christian from Christ. Uh, that was something that was developed after uh, Jesus. Uh, he saw himself as a Jew. Uh, but post uh, Jesus' uh, crucifixion and him rising from the dead, there became this uh, idea uh, that uh, a division rather uh, between the Jews and those who believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God and and those who believe that no he had not yet returned uh, and uh, because of that uh, there were these divisions and the Pharisees and the Sadducees as we are familiar with from the Gospels were very uh, stringent they believed in the laws and the commandments and and they did not believe in varying from those uh, precepts, those edicts, those doctrines uh, that were given down. Uh, they thought it was heresy, they consider it heresy, uh, to consider Jesus Christ to be uh, the Son of God despite the many miracles that he had performed, despite the fact that he was crucified, that he was buried, and, and he was in that tomb for three days, and when they went back he was no longer there, and that he came back. Uh, there were individuals who refused to accept uh, this idea and this, this new uh, movement, this new uh, movement. The Christians at this time, they were called simply the way. They were called the way in the very beginning. And uh, he, Paul wanted to encourage them uh, that they had to continue to move forward. He also wanted to bring an understanding that uh, these divisions were things that we people created, uh, that he wanted to keep those communities because Paul himself was a devout Jew. Uh, he was a persecutor of the way in the beginning uh, before his Damascus Road experience. Uh, he killed uh, the early believers of the church because he was very faithful in what he believed and he saw these individuals as heretics. Uh, what we see today in other parts of the world with uh, the so-called Islamic State and so on and so forth, these things are not new. Uh, people who have these views, they, they sometimes use violence to, to uh, keep people from believing in certain uh, ways. But what they didn't understand at this time is that every blood that was spilt uh, for those who believed in Jesus Christ, the church just began, began to grow. It began to grow and, and grow and grow. Uh, they couldn't quelch. They couldn't stamp out this, this faith. Every time they killed someone, there was more believers. It was something that became repulsive to even some of the Jewish believers at that particular time. And in this particular text, uh, we see Paul trying to heal a community, trying to heal a people, and trying to show them that they had a place in this faith as well, because many people were telling them that you don't have a place. You're uncircumcised. 
You're a Gentile. You don't come from the line of Abraham. You are foreigners. You're strangers. And, I'm, and it's uh, sad that sometimes we do that even in the church today, in the 21st century. We, we have in our mind those others. They're not like us. They don't talk like us. They don't, they don't dress like us. They don't sing songs like us. They don't look like us. They don't think like we think. Uh, those are others. Those are people that we have to uh, cast aside. Um, it comes from this, this, uh, this irrational sense of fear uh, that we have of each other. But when we look back at the Gospels of Jesus Christ, you often heard when Jesus performed miracles, and one thing that always caught my eyes in text, Jesus, whenever you perform a, a miracle, Jesus will always say, don't tell anyone what I've just done. I've healed. Please just try to keep it in between us. And every time he would do that, someone would tell something. Uh, Jesus would try to go away to some secluded place, and yet the word came. He would go there to try to de-stress. And I'm an introvert, so I understand. Once you are with people, you need some moment to yourself to kind of to regain your energy. And I, I see that with Jesus. He just needs to regain his energy. But when he went away, there were the crowds coming to Jesus. They came and they found him. There's no way Jesus could go that the people did not find him. And I don't blame uh, entirely those who uh, didn't keep that to themselves. I mean, can we blame him either? How can we keep to ourselves how good God has been to us? Uh, you know, for them to see what Jesus had done, they, they couldn't keep that to themselves. They had to tell somebody, I saw what Jesus did. Or this is what Jesus did for me. I have to testify for what he has done. And what a beauty that is for Jesus and that, heal, that healing. And people came just to simply touch the hem of his garment. And when they touched the hem of his garment, they were healed. He didn't have to touch them physically. But he walked in his purpose. He walked in healing. He walked in that anointing and it's that same kind of power and authority that that God wants us to walk in as well we as believers as the members of this church we are to take the gospel out into the world and that wherever we go then people come in contact with us they ought to feel God's presence they ought to feel something different about us not a condescending spirit not a judgmental spirit but a spirit of like I'm not perfect either and I'm still in this process, and I want you to know the God that I know. I want you to get to know the God that's turned me around, and, and the God that, that's allowed me not to be the person I was 10 years ago. I still have a ways to go, but thank God I'm not the person I was 10 years ago. Thank God I'm not the person I was yesterday. I'm grateful for what God continues to do in my life. And in essence, what this scripture tells us, and what it tells us is that healers draw in crowds. People begin to follow people who are interested in bringing about healing to their lives. We often wonder, how do we grow the church? And it's not through technology. It's not through nice uh, church buildings. It's not through vans and, and different ministries that we put out. All these things are great. But in essence, it's about us. The church are the people. Because if we gathered in some parking lot, that's the church. This is an empty building when no one's in it. This is not the church when there's no one in it. This is a nice sanctuary. But we the people, we are the church. So wherever we're gathered, the power of God goes with us. 
And when people see us, we have that power and that authority. And when we are interested in healing, people will follow. People will come and it will draw near to God's people. So we have to be very serious about healing and not magnifying divisions uh, among ourselves. Not pointing out the bad things in people, but let's magnify those good things. Magnify God. Magnify Jesus Christ. And when we magnify God, we put aside these minuscule and these elementary stuff that we often argue about in our churches. And when we magnify God and we want to serve God together as brothers and as sisters, regardless of where we're from, regardless of how long we've been saved, regardless of how old we are, we want to work with each other. It doesn't matter these other trivial things that we put forward, but we are seeking to be a church that heals. We ought to adopt that, that gospel, that example of Jesus Christ, even though he, Jesus was wanted his time alone sometimes too. But he had, that was his ministry. His ministry was healing. And even though he told him not, Jesus never complained and told him to go away. Jesus still went out into the crowd in his exhaustion. And he still went out and he healed the people. He touched God's people. And in the same way, we have to dig down deep down on ourselves and, and look beyond our own circumstances and our own fears and, and stuff and, and begin to touch God's people. And say that there are people in the world that need to be healed that need a gospel. Everyone here that's sitting in this sanctuary today, we were there at one point. We were there at one point. We were all going through this process. Some of us, we, we were grown up, we were forced to come to church every Sunday. We didn't want to come. It was, a, it was an optional. I remember my father was not an option. We have to come to church every Sunday, even though we didn't want to be there. It was optional. It was not optional, rather. But yet, because of that faith and that commitment, and here we are today, we have that faith and we believe in God and we're grateful to our elders who set the path for us to be here, who saw us as healers in the world. And as we look out to the world, what the world need are more healers. Uh, we have people who are intentionally are dividing people. Uh, we have people in churches who are intentionally dividing people today. And we have to be very mindful that we are healers of God's people. Uh, that we are allowing them to experience God the same way that you are allowed to experience God in, uh, in this house, in this sanctuary every Sunday. That people are allowed to know God's name and, and know who Jesus is and have the opportunity to come before this altar and pray as well. The opportunity to contribute to their gifts and their talents to God as well. We have to be healers in the world. When we see the divisions, when we turn on the TV and we can't watch news for too long uh, because it just infects our spirit and has the opportunity to bring us down, we have to make a commitment. God, how can I be a healer in this particular time? How can I be a healer when there's so much division, division based upon color, division based upon political affiliation, division based upon the region or state you're from, division based upon what church you're from, division, how can we be healers? and uniters in this time. We have to ask God, how, God, can you use me to bring in the loss? And there's no shortage of people who are lost, and we ought not to be intimidated by how they look or, or what they say. 
Because if we look back at where we came from and how we used to talk, or in some cases how we still talk, and yet we are here in the house of God, we ought not exclude people because we're concerned about how we look. But we ought to go where the people are. The same way that Jesus, God, went into the dark places where you were, where I was, to bring us out and bring us into the light, we ought to have the courage to go into those dark places as well. We ought to do ministry in a way that brings together people and not divides them in such a way, and but brings that healing. I'm glad that we have the example of Jesus Christ. Uh, that we can't use the excuse that, God, I'm too tired <laughs> uh, to, to do that because Jesus was tired too, but Jesus didn't turn anyone away. And in the same way, we ought not turn people away either, but we ought to hold true to that gospel. And every single person here today, there, God is in you. God wants to use you. There may be a family member, a friend, a co-worker that God has put in your way to minister to, to, to bring into the fold. Don't doubt yourself. What you can't do, God can do for you. You have to say, God, use me. Use me, God, to do that which you've called me to do. I remember a time where I couldn't imagine standing behind this, uh, this holy pulpit and doing what I do now. But because of God, I'm able to do that. But because of God, you're able to sing to the glory of God. But to the glory of God, you're able to play drums and keyboards and organs to the glory of God. But to the glory of God, you're able to worship God in the way that you do. But to the glory of God, God has saw you through different ailments and diseases and healed you. But because of the glory of God, you're able to, to be here today because of God. Because God, Jesus chose to be a healer. Even though he was on that cross and they'd mocked him and they'd beat him beyond recognition. His own mother couldn't recognize him on the cross despite all of that. And he could have called for the angels to bring him down from that cross. He saw each and every one of us. And said, God, this, I, I, I want this cup to pass over me. But God, if this be your will, let thy will be done. And we got to have that faith that God, I, I don't want this cup. To do, I don't want this cup, but God, but let thy will be done. Use me, God, in the way that you choose to use me. God, I don't understand why it is that you want me to do this thing, but God, let your will be done. I have to have that faith that we trust God, that these early Christians in the face of persecution, that they have to worship God in underground. Because if they came out and they openly worshiped God, they knew that they were going to be killed. And yet, because of the early church, despite the threats that they faced, here we are today. And Christianity went from a few hundred to a few thousand to now 2.5 billion people around the world now. On every continent on earth, the gospel is with us in multiple languages. Today, ask yourself, how can you be a healer? How can you be used by God. And the first step is that you have to allow God to heal you. Amen. Heal you of your pride. To heal you of your doubts. To heal you of your insecurities. To say, God, use me. Don't let me worry about people who have no heaven or hell to put me in. 
But God, let you use me. Let me not worry about people who are just going to talk just to talk, but let me be concerned about you, God. Let me walk into your house and, and worship and do what you've called me to do. Because God, I want to serve you, not man or woman. I want to follow what you've placed in my heart, and I want to be faithful to it, God. Because when we leave this side, we, and we see God. When we see our Savior, you want to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've done your work, and I'm grateful for what you do. Let us be those healers in the world before. Let us not magnify the divisions today, but let us be those healers because division uh, is not being helpful during these times. But we ought not lose faith. We ought to know who God is, that God sits high still to this day. And God looks low. That God is still in control. And we may not understand everything that is happening, but all things will work to good for those who believe. And that when we walk out of these church, out of this, out of this sanctuary, that we should walk out with our, our heads held high, with a smile on our face. And that the world knows that we are Christians, that when people speak negativity, that we speak positivity into the world. That we get down on our knees and we pray. That's how we are healers in the world today. That's how we draw in the crowd because the world is waiting for a church that will heal them. They may not admit it with their mouths, but their actions say, God, I, I need healing. And we all have a part in that process of healing that is so desperate in Mount Vernon, New Rochelle, New York City, Harlem, the United States, and all around the world, we, when we serve God, can bring about that healing that the world needs today. Amen. So let God use you. Be the healers that God has called you to be. So that we can continue to grow this church and to bring people closer to God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.